First Church Charlotte. Man, praise the Lord, everybody. Oh, I know we can do better than that. They're driving it better than that. So one more time, praise the Lord, everybody. Amen. It feels good in this house today. I believe God is about to do something very special in this house. He's about to do something special in every single one of our lives. We just need the confidence that says, yes, God is able. And yes, God will. How many feel like that today? Amen. Amen. So while they continue to work on this and get my voice fixed, let's just give it up for the worship band and the praise singers. How amazing they are. Thank you so much for leading us into the presence of God today. Thank you to our leadership team and our dream team and all the effort that they put into every single weekend. Amen. Thank you to all of you that are here today. Y'all are making it happen. Pastor didn't ask me to preach and then it'd be an empty room. That would have felt bad. I still would have done it. I've done it. I've showed up on a Wednesday night when I was a pastor and nobody showed up and I said, well, Lord, I guess you trying me. So here we go. <laughs> so thank you for being here today, especially thank you to all of our first time guests. If you are new or fairly new with us, thank you so much for being here to worship with us. Please come back and hear our pastors preach to us. He is magnificent with the word of God. We cannot hold a candle to him. He is amazing. So please come back and hear him. And also, thank you to all of those that are joining us online. You are part of our family just as much as those that are here in the building. So thank you so much for joining with us and worshiping with us. Amen. Special thank you to the pastoral team. What an awesome privilege it is to serve along with them. What a masterful job Pastor Don did in the 9 a.m. service preaching to us. It was incredible. And last but not least, thank you to Pastor Elms and his family, the way he leads us and guides us into truth, the way he teaches to us the love that he shares to us and gives to us. I am thankful to, to be under his tutelage, if I could say it like that, to be under his discipleship, because he is, he is an amazing person to learn from. Amen. And I guess really lastly, thank you to my family because they have to put up with me anytime I have to preach because it's nerve wracking because all these thoughts start flowing in my head because I'm a bit of a creative and everything comes out because I'm also ADHD and it's just coming from everywhere. And I know my wife is like, just be quiet. Just share it with them. On, I'll hear it on Sunday. You don't have to share it with me now. So thank you to all of them. Amen. So this morning, this is what I would like to do. 
as we, um, again, Pastor Don preached on this, on our confidence, how it matters. And I want to preach on that as well, how confidence matters. And I want to speak to the gifts that are in every single one of us. There are gifts inside of every single one of us. And I want to speak to those gifts and I want to stir them up or stir them up once again, as some translations of the Bible would say that to set them on fire again or to kindle them afresh. I want these gifts that are inside of us to be made new because when we begin to focus on our gifts, I want us to think about what Paul wrote to the church at Ephesus. And he says, now to him who is able to do far more abundantly beyond all that we could ask or think according to the power that works in us. That means that the gifts that are inside of us, and I want you to hear me today, those of you that are here and those of us that are joining us online through the power of God, those gifts are able to do far more abundantly beyond all that we could ask or think of him. That power resides inside of us because he has placed those gifts inside of us. So inside of us, God has placed these gifts that are full of his powers that could bring us to the miraculous. So you may have come here with whatever type of need it is. Maybe it's a need in your life or in another loved one's life. So whatever the prayer request may be, whatever the healing that is in need, whatever the need, whether it's financial, whether it's a deliverance, whether it's a blessing, whether it's a type of victory that you or a loved one needs in their life, the power is already inside of you. And it is our faith, our confidence in God that will activate that power. So God has already placed inside of us the confidence in him that we need to see the miraculous come to pass. Romans chapter 12 tells us as God has allotted to each a measure of faith. Matthew 17, 20, if you have faith the size of a mustard seed, you will say to this mountain, move from here to there and it will move and nothing will be in possible to you. So the gift is already there and the faith, the confidence in God has already been placed inside of every single one of us. So whether you are in this building or if you're hearing this online, just remember this, the power, the gift is inside of us. The faith, the confidence in God is inside of us. It is there. It is ready to be used. God is able to do it. God has given us the confidence to do it. And God has given us the power to do it. So then that just leaves us with this question. Why don't we see more miracles? Why are we not seeing more blessings? Why are we not seeing more of the provisions of God? Why are we not seeing more needs being met? Why are we not seeing more healings? Why are we not seeing a greater outpouring of God's spirit? Why are we not seeing more answered prayers? Why are we not seeing a greater revival? Now, if you were to ask people this and have them answer it, they might say doubt. We doubt it can happen. We might try to give ourselves the way out and say, we doubt it's the will of God. We doubt we have the faith or the gift to see that happen. Maybe my gifting is in some other place. But honestly, doubt is just a symptom of something hidden deeper within us. The answer 
truly is fear. See, it's fear. It's the most significant factor limiting our spiritual potential. It's not doubt. It's fear limiting our spiritual potential. So we could say it like this. Fear is this universal human emotion that makes itself known when we are forced to confront the things that scare us, unsettle us, or even cause that anxiety to rise up within us. Like just to give you an example, public speaking. So I'm going to pick on me for a second. I talk funny. Y'all can hear it. It's fine. I'm cool with it. Y'all talk funny to me. I speak perfectly well. I have no accent. Y'all do. My wife, on the other hand, would disagree. She says, I have the accent. But I have a reason for sounding a little off. I was born in Biloxi, Mississippi. And then from there, I moved to Valdosta, Georgia. And then from there, I moved to Sumter, South Carolina and was there for 12 years until I graduated high school. And then my parents are from the mountains in Asheville. And when my dad retired from the Air Force, we moved there. I had no, no help, like no choice. I was going to sound weird. And I remember when I told my wife I felt called to preach, she was like, uh, oh, you don't sound right. That'll make you fear public speaking a little bit. Some of y'all, your fears may be a little different. You may fear flying. I'm sorry for that. You're going to miss out on seeing the world because you can't take a car everywhere. You can't take a boat everywhere. And I'm going to be honest. I didn't get like motion sickness on a plane, but I am not traveling across the sea on a boat. It's not because I'm afraid of it. I just don't want to be sick. Some of y'all have fear of failure. A little bit more, you know, deeper down, fear of failure. So you might not even try. Some of us may have the fear of approval or the fear of being accepted. Some of us may fear being rejected or being alone. So when confronted with something that scares us, we tend to act in a number of ways. But here are the top three. Number one, we avoid. Many people just tend to avoid their fears altogether. Afraid of public speaking, I just won't do it. Afraid of flying, I just won't fly. Next one, denial. Some people just deny instead of coming face to face with their fears. It's not really happening. Didn't really get that doctor's report. That wasn't real, that wasn't true. That final notice bill, that's not real. They're not really going to take my car next week. It's not going to happen. It's just denial. Let's go out to eat, y'all. <laughs> y'all laugh because y'all know it's true. Some of y'all have thought something similar to this. How about this one? Panic. When you're faced with fear, your emotions just go into overdrive and you feel everything. You feel like elated and at the same time you feel rage and you can't keep your emotions in check. You can't think logically. So you just let everything out all at once. You just panic. And some people make a destructive mess. Some people just freeze. This is what fear does to us. 
But regardless of our default response, and maybe we fit somewhere in each of them, this is what fear does. It limits our ability to grow. It limits our ability to be used of God and realize all the spiritual potential that is inside of us. It limits us from really experiencing the power of God that he has placed inside of us. It limits those gifts that he has placed in us. It limits the faith and the confidence that he has placed in us. When we begin to respond or even react in fear, we put a stopper on God. I want us to get through that. So just to give you an example of this, just so that way you know I'm telling you the truth, let me share a fear response that hindered someone receiving blessings and experiencing the limitless power of God. Now, most of us are probably familiar with this parable. It's the parable of talents. It's Matthew chapter 25, starting in verse 14. And I'm just going to read through this because it's the last verse that we want to get to. So 14 through 25, it says this, for it is just like a man about to go on a journey who called his own slaves and entrusted his possessions to them. To one, he gave five talents, to another two, and to another one, each according to his own ability. And he went on his journey. Immediately, the one who had received five talents went and traded them and gained five more talents. In the same manner, the one who received two talents gained two more. But he who received the one talent went away and dug a hole in the ground and hid his master's money. Now, after a long time, the master of those slaves came and settled accounts with them. The one who had received the five talents came up and brought five more talents, saying, Master, you entrusted five talents to me. See, I have gained five more talents. His master said to him, well done, good and faithful slave. You were faithful with a few things. I will put you in charge of many things. Enter into the joy of your master, one who put that to work. The power that was given to him, the faith and the confidence that was put in him, the gift that was given to him, he put it to work and he multiplied it. And not only did he see the blessings of his Lord in that or the blessings of God in that, he also experienced the power of his Lord or his God when it said, enter into my joy. Also, the one who received the two talents came up and said, Master, you entrusted two talents to me. See, I have gained two more. His master said, well done, good and faithful slave. You were faithful with a few things, and I will put you in charge of many things. Enter into the joy of your master. And the one who also, who had received one talent, came up and said, Master, I knew you to be a hard man, reaping where you did not sow and gathering where you scattered no seed. And I was afraid. Say that with me. I was afraid. And went away and hid your talent in the ground. I didn't use it. I just buried it. I didn't want to experience your power. I didn't want to experience your gifts. I didn't want to experience your blessing. I was afraid, so I hid it. See, you have what is yours. 
This servant's fear limits him from experiencing the power of God. And so it is with us when we say we are afraid to stir up that gift inside of us. When we are afraid to speak out in faith, when we are afraid to speak with confidence or boldness the things of God. When we hold back, when we bury them, when we avoid them, when we deny them or even just act in a panic and let our fear just take control of our lives, we limit God from using us. And that is when we stop seeing prayers answered. That is when we stop seeing the power of God manifesting in our lives and in the lives of those around us. That's when we stop seeing the blessings and the healings and the provisions and the needs met and the miracles and the spirit of God being poured out. When we bury our talent, when we bury our gift, when we no longer have confidence in the one who gave it to us. He was afraid. He didn't have confidence in the one who gave it to him that he was going to bless him or at least give him grace and mercy if he lost it. No, there was no confidence. There's just fear. So here's something to help you to remember what fear really is. False evidence appearing real. Never seen it happen before. Somewhere that idea just kicked in your head. But that's the one that wins. So we stop ourselves. And when we stop ourselves, we stop experiencing the power of God. But this is what I want us to know about the gifts of God and the power of God. 1 Peter 4, 1, or verses 4 and 5 say, to obtain an inheritance which is imperishable and undefiled and will not fade away, reserved in heaven for you, who are protected by the power of God through faith for a salvation ready to be revealed in the last time. So when God gives you a gift, when he places something inside of you, remember this, it is imperishable. It is undefiled. It will not fade away and it is protected. Sometimes we think that the devil is going to take something from us. Sometimes we think that if we put it to work that somehow we are going to lose it. But the scripture is telling us when God gives us something, it is imperishable. It will not die. It is undefiled. Amen. It's undefiled. It will always be pure. It will always be holy. It will always be exactly what God gave it to you to be. And it does not fade away. It will not lose its power. You may have walked away from it for five years or ten years, but when you come back to it, that same power resides in it because it wasn't your power. It was God giving you that power. It was God giving you that gift. So God protects it, wanting you to use it. So we have to start mastering these fears and understanding where these fears come from. 
So fear, let me share this quote with you. Fear is the main source of superstition. We do a lot of things out of fear that are just weird. We're afraid for our team to lose, so we wear certain outfits. Since I mentioned it growing up in Sumter, there was a Mexican restaurant called Casa Linda. We went there one time. The Tar Heels won. Every time the Tar Heels played, we went to Casa Linda. My dad ordered the same meal every single time. And so did I. A number 11 when it still had beans and rice with it. Now it's just a taco, enchilada, and burrito. I don't know what happened to the rice and beans. But, you know, it's superstition. And it's also one of the main sources of cruelty. Out of fear, we hurt people. So to conquer fear is the beginning of wisdom. So how does this work? There will be situations that come into our life that are going to cause fear to want to rule our emotions and decision making. So David helps us with this answer and he gives us a template on how to overcome fear. Psalm 56, starting in verse number one, be gracious to me, O God, for man has trampled upon me. Can anybody like resonate with that? That people are coming against you and they want to walk all over you. They are trampling on you. Fighting all day long, he oppresses me. They're just trying to keep you down. My foes have trampled upon me all day long, for they are many who fight proudly against me. Does that sound like what somebody's going through today? And it's causing you to want to give up, to avoid them. You begin to panic anytime a situation arises where you might be in the same room with these people. You might even just trick yourself and deny it. And, no, everything is good. Hi. And you know, it's the fakest smile you could ever give someone. <laughs> but this is what David says. Verse number three, when I am afraid, I will put my trust in you. I will put my confidence in you. I will put my faith in you. In God whose word I praise. In God I have put my trust. I shall not be afraid of what mere man can do to me. When I begin to trust in him, put my confidence in him because my confidence matters. It matters who I'm putting my confidence in. I'm not putting it in those that are coming against me. I'm not putting it in those that are trying to oppress me. I am putting it in God, the one who is the ruler of everything, the one who fights every battle and wins. He is always victorious. When I trust in him, what can mere man do to me? When I begin to trust in him, I know that the power that is in me and the faith that is in me will overcome anything that man will try to do to me. David says, when I am afraid that people are rejecting me, coming against me, I will put my trust in God. And then he goes on and just just say amen if this sounds like what you're going through. All day long they distort my words. 
All their thoughts are against me for evil. They attack, they lurk, they watch my steps as they have waited to take my life. And then David, he just says, I continue to trust in the Lord because of wickedness. Cast them forth and anger put down, put down the peoples of God. He's saying, God, you're stronger than them. God, your power is stronger than them. They want to take my life. But remember, the gift of God is imperishable, undefiled. It will not fade away. They cannot take it. He gave it. They can't take it. He gave it. So God, you fight my battle for me. So that's what David is fighting against other people. He wants to be accepted, but instead he's being rejected from other people. So he has to find his confidence in God. But then he continues on and says, you have taken account of my wanderings. Put my tears in your bottle. Are they not in your book? What he is saying in this moment is this. When I am alone. When I have been rejected, when I have now found myself in a place of isolation, God, it's not just battles that need to be fought with other people. God, I've learned to trust you there. I've learned to trust you when it comes to other people. But right now, God, I find myself alone and it's with my own thoughts and you feel the way my emotions are going. I'm wandering around. I'm lost. I'm crying. God, you know where every step has been. God, you've been there for every single tear. So David says this, that my enemies will turn back in the day when I call. This I know, that God is for me. When people come against me, God is for me. When I find myself alone, God is still for me. In God whose word I praise. In the Lord whose word I praise. I've got, in God I have put my I trust I shall not be afraid of what man can do to me. Your vows are binding upon me, O God. I will render thank offerings to you. You have delivered my soul from death, indeed from my feet from stumbling, so that I may walk before you, God, in the light of the living. When people come against me, David says, I trust you. When I'm alone, God, I still trust you. And when I call on you, when I seek you, when I no longer seek their approval, when I'm no longer concerned about what they think about me, when I'm no longer listening to the fear that is whispering in my life, God, when I listen to you, when I seek you and seek your word, you hear me. You come, you fight for me, you deliver me, you heal me, you strengthen me. I'm so thankful for this. These two issues are the bulk of our fears. Our need for approval and our fear of being alone. 
And David is telling us this almost naive, simple little elementary thing that we should have learned a long time ago. Just trust in God. Just trust in him. Which to trust in him means trust the power he's put in you. Trust that little bit of faith. You may just have a little bit of faith. So I'm just, just going to share something with you that this is what I believe those two scriptures from the beginning may be telling us. There are some people that teach grow your faith. Cool. Grow it if you can. But it also says that God has given an allotted amount. You may have all the faith you will ever have. Faith may not be something that grows. That doesn't matter. You have all the faith that you need already to see the miraculous happen. You have all the faith already that you need to see the gifts that God has placed inside of you used for his glory, used for his kingdom, to see answered prayers, to see blessings, to see provisions, to see these things happen. So it's not about growing what's it? God, I will trust you when I feel my faith grow. No, it's already there. It's as much as it needs to be. Even if it is the size of a mustard seed, even if it's this tiny, and this is all that God has given you, that is enough to see healing, to see power, to see answered miracles, to see his spirit pour out into this place, to see revival, to see answered prayers in our loved ones' lives. Just that much. So it's when we begin to overcome these two fears that we begin to see this happen. So pastor gave me 35 minutes. I'm going to tell you right now, I'm at like 25 and musicians come. I just became your favorite preacher. Right there. That means y'all going to have to pray here in a second. So we don't need people's approval. We just need to trust in him. And he's given us enough faith already. There's some other scriptures that I could get into, but as I was praying before service, there's one that God reminded me of. And it sticks with me because of what happened in a prayer service. Acts chapter 4, when Peter and John are finally released from prison and what was told to them don't speak the name of Jesus anymore. Like they tried to find cause against them. Even they, they thought about killing them. They were warned against that. And they said, you know what? Just do not speak the name of Jesus anymore and let them go. And in a prayer meeting, I read this. This is Peter and John speaking. And now, Lord, take note of their threats and grant that your bondservants may speak your word with all confidence while you extend your hand to heal and signs and wonders take place through the name of your holy servant, Jesus. This is what they are saying. 
People have come against us. They've imprisoned us. They falsely accused us. They've beaten us and they wanted to take our life. But here we are. And they're wanting us to no longer speak the name of Jesus. They did everything they could to fill these two with fear. So in a prayer service, I read this and I asked those that were there. It was just a few. It's fine. And I said, speak something in boldness. Speak something in boldness. Be bold with it. The gift is inside of you. The faith is inside of you. Speak with confidence the word of God. And there was a mother in that prayer room. And this was in Hendersonville, North Carolina. There was a mother in this, in this prayer meeting and said, I want to see this son back living for God. Caleb, come on down for a second. It was his mother praying for him. This was years ago. But here he is living for God, his family living for God, working in ministries. Because when we speak the word of God in confidence, when we allow ourselves to be bold with what happens inside of us, God moves, God answers prayers. He answered the prayer of a mother that said, my son is gone, but I want to see him back in the faith. And he didn't just come back in to sit on a pew. He came back and is working in the ministry. He served us there. Him and his wife, they served us in Hendersonville. They're getting involved here in Charlotte. This is what happens when we begin to speak with confidence. Let's say, while I speak your word in confidence, you extend your hand. You heal. You do signs and wonders through the name of Jesus. And this is what it says. And when they had prayed, the place where they had gathered together was shaken and they were all filled with the Holy Spirit and began to speak the word of God with boldness. Fear left that room. Others tried to fill them with fear, but fear left that room. Doubts could have crept in and the fear of isolation could have taken root. But no, they said, I'm going to speak your word with confidence. My faith is going to be in your word. And when I do that, I know your power is real. I will trust in you. I will trust in your ability. You can heal. You can deliver. You can save. You can bless. You can supply in every single need. There is nothing too great for you, God. There is no victory you can't have. So let's all stand together. 
that is my call to you right now. That is my call to you right now. The power is already within you. But maybe you need that that gift stirred up again. As the scripture says, let it be kindled anew, kindled afresh. Let's stir up that gift inside of us again. Maybe it's to be filled with the Spirit for the first time. Maybe it's to be baptized in the name of Jesus, calling on His name for the first time. Whatever that step of boldness is, do it confidently, saying, God, I'm answering your word. Maybe it's a need in your life. Maybe it's a need in your family's life. When we come up to the altar, begin to speak that in confidence. Begin to speak that with boldness and watch God begin to shake it. Watch God begin to bring victory in that. Anybody excited about that right now? That they want to see God in action. That they want to see God's deliverance. They want to see God answer prayers. Are you ready? Uh-oh. Uh-oh, hold on, hold on, bring it down. We overtook them, and they're, they're letting y'all do all the work, and they got quiet. I'm going to get my 10 minutes back. How many are ready to see God do a work in that prayer request that you have? Come on, how many are confident that God is going to do it? Come on, let's be confident about it. Let's be bold about it right now. If you believe God is able, if you believe God will, how many want to see God and feel God move in their life in a brand new way? Filling them with the Spirit. Stir up gifts again. Use them again. This is your time. And now, Lord, take note and grant your bond servant that we may speak your word with confidence. God, you are able. You're able to heal. You're able to bless. You're able to fill me with your spirit. You're able to wash me clean of every sin as we call on the name of Jesus. God, you're able to bring deliverance into my life from the things that are attaching itself. God, you're able to bring victory over the things that are coming against me. God, you are able to conquer the fear of isolation and rejection. God, right now, in your name of Jesus, we are going to call out these requests with boldness, with confidence in you. And God, you stretch forth your hand. You heal, bring signs, miracles, and wonders. Bring deliverance, bring healing in this place in your mighty name of Jesus. We open up the altar right now. Come confidently, come boldly, come lifting your voice, asking God to move in your request, to heal, to provide, to save, whatever it is. Be confident in it right now. Be bold with it right now. So hold on. I want to give us an example of boldness. Because I want us to understand boldness isn't timid. Confidence isn't timid. It's not shy. It's not backward. 
it really doesn't care what the person next to us thinks. This is boldness. This is confidence in the Lord. By your stripes, God, I am here. Or without a mic. By your stripes, God, I am here. And you can hear me from the pulpit to the bathroom. That is boldness. That is confidence. God, I need you to heal some things in my life. God, I need you to heal some things in my family. God, I need a fresh outpouring of your spirit on my family. God, those that have walked away from you, God, in boldness, in confidence, let your spirit draw them back, oh God. In boldness and confidence, God, the gifts that you have placed inside of me, stir it up once again, oh God. Church, we don't have to be silent. He's just waiting on us. Let's begin to call out to Him. Thank you for listening to First Church Charlotte. If this podcast has blessed you, please rate it with four or five stars. By doing so, you will help others find our free podcast and bless them. If you're in the Charlotte, North Carolina area, come worship with us at 4929 North Sharon Amity Road. For information about service times, church ministries, and so much more, visit us online at firstchurchclt.com. If you would like to help support our efforts, please text GIVE to 704-445-5353. We pray God's richest blessings to you. Come, worship with us.